Welcome to Combos at the Loan Signing Table, a podcast by Emerge Notary Agency, with your host, Altavis F. Flary, a seasoned notary and certified loan signing agent. Join Altavis for engaging discussions with first-time homeowners and industry insiders from diverse professional backgrounds. Together, we'll explore the nuances of the loan signing process and beyond, providing valuable insights and knowledge for the real estate and mortgage industry. Get ready for enlightening discussions that empower and inspire. Tune in and join us at the Loan Signing Table. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Now, you guys know the agenda here at the New York City Real Estate Expo. I am talking about real estate industry and African-American thought leaders and diversity through real estate. And I'm quite sure you know you are my guest for today. But before we get into it, please tell me who you are and introduce yourself to the audience. Okay. Hello, Altavis. Thank you for having me today. My name is LaShawn Talley. I'm a senior business banker for the Tri-State Area Rep and Citibank. I work with professionals and business owners who have an owner-occupied need for real estate financing, term loans, business lines, and treasury solutions. Citibank is also an SBA preferred lender, and we are here to help you for your needs. Thank you. thank you for inviting us. Um, my name is Dwight Makolsky, and I'm the owner and uh, managing director of the Premier Lending Solutions. And uh, I am in the alternative lending space as a mortgage broker and somewhat of a hybrid role because I have to exit them out to uh, traditional lenders as well. Thanks so much for having me as well. My name is Tariq Bailey. I'm a branch manager with Mortgage Depot. We're an independent mortgage brokerage. Been in the business since 1992. I've been in the business since 19, I'm sorry, 2002 myself. And what we specialize in is residential and commercial, anywhere from co-op condos all the way to one to four families. And, you know, uh, what we really focus on right now is uh, similar to what Dwight does, is alternative ways of helping people who cannot fit in the regular retail bucket. Thank you, guys. Now, we're going to get right into it. Now, we all know a lot of people are still applying for mortgages, right? But please tell me what the process is when you want to come to you guys to ask the difference between purchasing or giving a business loan or a mortgage. What is that process, is? especially coming from City Michelle? Uh, Can you please elaborate for our viewers today? Sure thing. So, first off, we have a conversation with the individual to see exactly what their needs are. And after that, the individual will need to do a couple of things. They'll need to provide three-year business tax returns, three-year personal turn ter- returns, also a quarterly interim, and that's a profit and loss income statement and a balance sheet for the business. Of course, the signed contract for the purchase property that they're looking to purchase, mm-hmm. a personal financial statement, debt schedule, and three months bank statements. We'll review those financials to make sure that the financials support the request, and then we'll move off to then an application. And we'll meet with the client for a signed application. And at that time, they'll also return a deposit for good faith. And that good faith is going to cover the environmental and appraisal fees for the report. Um, it's a good time where we want to really see what the business does, get up underneath the hood, and also examine the property that the client is uh, purchasing um, with our eyes. Yes. So the, the process is uh, a little different in the uh, investment um, space. Um, where the investor, uh, the, the stress test is on the, the property itself. So the investor, um, needs to have an application, uh, come with a signed contract, or if there's not a signed contract, um, a property that they're planning to buy so we can provide them with a term sheet. And, uh, um, for the most part, once they get the contract to, in order to move forward with the application, they need 
to uh, provide uh, um, their uh, have their deposit uh, proof of funds ready and their deposit um, along with uh, the, the the general info for the property um, which would be run they would have run the property uh, numbers to see if it qualifies meets uh, the lending guidelines. So I'm not the direct lender, so I will work with the broke, uh, work with the investor to find the best kind of lender um, to satisfy that uh, investor's short and long-term goals in order to be funded and also capitalized um, after the deal. Now, you tell me the difference between shorts and what is Sure. So. We kind of do a little bit of both. Even though we're not direct lenders, we have to make sure that the person that is applying for a loan uh, meets the, the, the criteria for the direct lender or the investor. So what we do a little bit different uh, in that space is that they still have to provide the same necessary documentation, uh, income, assets, etc. But most importantly, we do what you call AUS, Automatic Underwriting System in-house. So in order for them to qualify for either a primary residence or investment resident, if it's through a wholesale lender that uses a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac product, we run the AUS in-house to make sure they actually qualify before we take their loan application and submit it to the respective lender that we're going to do business with. So, you know, amongst along the lines of what these guys do, we do something similar. It's just that we have to make sure we kind of filter the loan, so to speak, before they, you know, get to the actual lender that'll be doing the actual le the lending and funding. Okay. Very informative information. Which segue, segue into my next question. What's the difference rates between an investment property when, where one is coming in to purchase for a uh, residential versus investment property. Are the interest rates the same or are they different? Michelle, can you please elaborate on that? Oh, the owner-occupied space versus the investment property, first off, the investment property, the rates are going to be slightly higher okay, because, of, because of the risk. Whereas when you have an owner-occupied, the owner's business is actually going into the space. So the risk of them possibly defaulting is very slim. Whereas when you have an investment property, you have someone else in the property, they could destroy the property. Also, the investor could actually walk away from the property. So that's where your risk lies in regards to that. Yes, I agree with her, LaShawn, uh, that the, the investment property um, is a business in and of itself, but it's a place where the investor doesn't work in the actual space. And statistic, statistically, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a higher risk and therefore a, a, a slightly or much higher, um, interest rate as a result to, um, to offset that risk, um, so to speak. And the other thing too, in investment, um, in non-owner occupied properties, some of them can be, um, some of the loans are personally guaranteed, but some of them ha are, are, non-recourse note loan, which means they're not personally guaranteed. And that's an, another inherent risk in which um, has to be factored into the interest rate. So there are a number of things um, that lead to the, the non-owner occupied or the investment property being much higher, especially when the investor is uh, more or less, uh, um, has little, little lower, lower experience, or a shorter experience um, timeline. Correct. So just piggybacking on what they said, 
you know, rate equals risk, right? And so, as LaShawn said, someone who's an owner-occupied that lives in the property, that's where they, you know, rest their head at night. They want to live there. They're, the, the bank knows that, and they're going to give them a better interest rate because the defaulting on that is not going to be, you know, as high. As to someone who doesn't live there, they're looking at it to make money, et cetera. So, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to interest rate, you know, for the average person, rate equals risk. If there's more risk involved, higher rate. There's less risk involved, the lower the rate. Now, getting back to my next question for you guys, how long does it typically take for a business loan or a mortgage loan to be approved for in today's market? What is the process? And we can start with you, Therese. So uh, as long as a client has all the necessary documents in place for the underwriter to make a decision, it typically should take her anywhere between 24 to 48 hours for an initial, what we call a credit approval. Now, if it takes longer than that, it's because there's things that are missing, but it shouldn't take that much longer just for the initial credit approval. Now, an initial credit approval and a final approval are two different things, and sometimes people don't understand that, right? So once again, an initial credit approval is the underwriter reviewing all the preliminary documents, the credit, the income, the assets. To get a final approval, though, we still have to have the title report in completed, reviewed, appraised report in completed, reviewed to have what you call a clear to close. But initial credit approval shouldn't take no more than two to three business days. Typically. Yes. In the alternative lending space or investment space, it depends because uh, if it's a one to four unit versus a commercial, um, there are other layers in between. So um, in a in in a 24-48 hour time, the initial approval will can take place. And based on the, the lenders we work with, including private lenders, the overall process from start to closing could take um, maybe two weeks to 30 to 45 days, depending on the process. The biggest challenge that the lenders, um, ex uh, the, the biggest clog in the wheel is the appraisals. So um, if the appraisals come in very quickly, and all the everyone is working and to provide the documents that they're required to provide, it can be much faster. Um, but typically, 30 to 45 days overall for the entire process. Um, but it could be longer, especially in commercial, where when there's environmentals and other layers of uh, due diligence that are necessary. So just to piggyback, um, at City, most, most banks they require full underwriting with a full package. And so a full package can take up to 30 days for a, a full approval through our writing department division. Closing can take another 30 days. When, we're, when we have the loans in underwriting, that's when we're ordering our appraisal environmentals. So they kind of come simultaneously hand in hand um, for the most part. Uh, for the people who are interested in applying, what we do is we, after we review the financials, We'll, or we will issue a letter of intent, and that can be issued within a couple of days. That is not an approval, though. Okay. The full approval comes after the credit. The application has gone through full credit, and that can take, like I said, 30 days. So are you guys telling me it depends? It could, uh, the application can go between 714, maybe up to over a month. But does it all boils down to the application of whatever that person is putting down on that paperwork? Depends on if it's going to be a a quick application process or something's going to take more time because they need to get more information in order to get that paperwork to be processed within the timely manner. So that is it based on the individual who's applying for that mortgage, you guys, or case on case scenario? So first off, it's case on case, number one. Okay. Um, when you're applying for a commercial mortgage, it's not an easy process. Mm -hmm. It can have its lengthy 
lengthy details. So for an example, an environmental report may require a phase two that may add additional time to it. Okay. If the client is in the space and they're refinancing, that might go, might go a little smoother because they're already in the space. But when you're purchasing the space, I would always want to say, you know, we say it could take up to 60 days to close, but you do have to expect a hiccup. Something could come up. The appraisal could come up short. There could be an issue with the environmental, but that is the process. You know, once it goes through credit underwriting, then you have a closing period as well. There are a number of reasons that can cause delays. Um, so number one, the credit report when, when, uh, when during the underwriting, when they're running the credit reports, there could be, uh, red flags that has to be explained or, um, or disqualified. Number two, the appraisal, as I, um, mentioned, um, could be another thing. And number three, when the lenders are doing their due diligence on the property in terms of title and, uh, and in, even insurance and the location, um, that has a big, uh, factor. Um, especially when it comes to the non-owner-occupied investment properties, um, because neighborhoods and zip codes differ, and you know, and it 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 could be one street difference makes a lot makes a, the difference in appraisal makes a difference in in the lender's um, willingness to want to lend. So there's a number of things factors that can cause the delay, and one of the biggest ones too is that. Uh, the, the 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 investor might not provide the documents on a timely basis, and or or the underwriting might be backed up. Um, so there's so many things, um, and it's it 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 varies from case by case. It's daunting. Hey guys, so there's a flip side to it. It can be daunting. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. But, you know, from my experience with some of the lenders that I do work with, United Wholesale Mortgage is one of my top wholesale lenders. Their underwriting experience is actually a little bit different. So if the client is automatically approved through, say, Freddie Mac, for example, I don't know if we're doing it anymore. But when the market was up, up and coming, they used to do things called appraisal waivers. So the, an appraisal waiver is when the loan to value is adequate enough where the bank doesn't need to actually have a physical report, uh, report, they'll do what you call a desktop review, and then that will be sufficient enough for them to use the collateral for the for the deal. And as long as the client can, uh, you know, meet the guidelines that they need for the credit and the income, then you know, I've literally closed loans with this bank like in three days. So it's possible to have a very very class uh, fast closing with all those factors being in place. Now, typically, is that the case? No, the average person. As, uh, as my peers has just mentioned, it's usually a 30-day process, but there are cases if they have their paperwork together, they have their credit together, the appraisal's not an issue, the title's not an issue, we can close within, a, I would say, within reasonably two minutes. Okay. Now, to get right back to our, before we move on to our next question, um, LaShawn, can you tell us what environmental reporting is? You mentioned that you know, earlier. What exactly is environmental reporting? So the environmental report basically is an independent company um, that the bank will hire. Mm -hmm. And basically that company will go out and inspect the property. They will make sure that that property does not have any tanks or anything that's environmentally challenging um, to the property. So heaven, heaven calls that uh, you happen to default on the property. Yes. Um, the bank can still sell the property to recoup the funding for the, the mortgage. If there's a tank or if there's any type of environmental situation, then the bank is not able to sell the property or recoup funds. That's an issue. And so when we say in phase one, phase one is the inspection. They go out, 
and look at the property, make sure that there's no issues. If there has been gas tanks buried down below, have they been removed? Have they been sealed? Um, and if that is the case, if there's anything that has been done to the property, any type of oil, or if you're next to a gas station, there's been leakages, that's when an environmental phase two will come in. And that's an additional fee again. And it's that's going to, it's always money. It's always money. It's, it's going to be a little bit more money yeah. because they may have to drill holes into the ground. They may have to drill, drill holes into the, the ceiling. I'm not the ceiling, the, um, the, uh, floor, the concrete floor. They may have to drill holes into the wall. So it just depends on um, what's needed for the phase two. Okay. So that's what an environmental is. And every single commercial mortgage is going to require an environmental when you are doing um, a request through a financial institution. Sounds good, LaShawn. Now, this is a loaded question for you guys. So you guys let me know how much you guys want to go into it. Here we go. How much can an individual borrow? And what is the what is the maximum loan to value ratio for a typical mortgage nowadays? Is it too low? To, just give me just a little tip. You know, with this is not a loaded question. <laughs> this is the real truth here. Give it a real truth, Sean. Please so, share with us. So when we talk about bank loans and conventional uh, mortgages, mm -hmm. the individual must put down twenty percent. We'll finance the eighty. Our loan size is a minimum of 250000 and we go all the way up to $5 million. Mm -hmm. We also are an SBA lender. Mm -hmm. This here, the client puts down 10%, and we'll finance 90%. Mm -hmm. um, we can do a 7A or a 504, and if we do a 504, we do a partnership loan with um, our, one of our CDC partners. But once again, those loans go to 250000 to uh, and they top at $5 million for SBA. Yeah, in in the investment uh, space, alternative lending space, uh, it, uh, generally it's based on the, the proof the, the proof the proof of funds that you have, and uh, most most lenders will take about um, will fund about eighty percent, and uh, the the investor will fund the the, the rest the twenty percent. Um, Depends on the level of investment you investor you are. So if you're a high, if you're high, if you have high experiences, then the lender will go up to 90% loan to value. And, uh, if you have a lower experience, it might go down lower 70% loan to value. Um, again, to mitigate the cost, the, the risk, um, so to speak. Um, in terms of the minimum, uh, most mi minimum of a hundred thousand for property and uh, it depends on the kind of lender in this space it could be 10 million 50 million 100 million something no ceiling but generally speaking um it, it it's just simply based on the value of the property and and the and the and the uh, stresses of the financial um viability of that property and not necessarily the individuals um you know circumstances I think that was a loaded question for me because <laughs> I'm a broker. So my channels are a little bit different. So we offer products like USDA, which is uh, a loan based for people who live outside of your normal city limits. You're more in an agricultural rural area. That's 100% financing. <laughs> we got VA loans, 100% financing, right? We do FHA, 96.5% financing with the 203K product, which adds more money. So it all depends on the specific client, you know, per se. Um, as far as the, everybody is different, you know, and that's kind of the, 
the 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 niche that I have as a broker is I I don't look for you know the one size fits all product. I look for the client and then try to find the product that fits them. But the the main thing, um, just to, to everyone's point here is about the loan amount. You know, some lenders do cap you. Um, we would have to get an exception for anyone that's looking to borrow money under a hundred k. I think the bottom line is usually like a hundred k is where most lenders are comfortable. And as far as Max says, as as my colleague here just said, you know, there's lenders that'll be very aggressive up to the multi millions. But once again, you know, in order for someone to borrow that, they got to show that they have the ability to repay that, right? So we're not giving away free money, folks. They got to be able to show that they can borrow <laughs> no free money. They got to be able to show that they can get you know pay this money back rate for 20 years. If you're doing SBA, the SBA will go to 25 years and that's a fixed rate too as well. And you can change up these terms depending on what the borrower will need. Yes. So the repayment terms uh, in, is in the alternative lending space is a little bit interesting and different. Uh, so one kind of funding is a bridge funding, which is typically a 12 month temporary funding to re rehab, um, renovate the property. And that is generally interest only for that 12 months or if you need an extension. And then the investor would refinance into a longer term mortgage when the property, um, has reached it is, is fully renovated and has a, the highest value, the after repair value, um, which would be, um, we could channel that. It, it would be a kind of the conventional process. So it could be a 30-year mortgage. It could be a five-year interest only or adjustable to allow for the cash flow to maintain. Um, it could be any variation, uh, combination of, um, you know, 15-year, 30-year and so on. Or they could go to a traditional lender at that point. Um, given the property meets the, the guidelines for a traditional lender. So the, it, it really varies, uh, a lot. Um, same thing as these guys said, uh, the, the traditional 30 year loan, 30 years, um, people can opt if it's a refinance situation into a 15 year loan. As a matter of fact, if it's a refinance, if they have 27 years and they want to go back to 27 years, they can do that. But the traditional mortgage is 30 years for the most part. And then you have your off, off your, your off, off products where you can do, you know, like uh, Dwayne was saying, um, you know, a balloon payment after a certain time, et cetera. But plain and simple, 30 years for the most part. Now, which leads me to my next question, guys. Now, can you guys, current couples, exist? Can you assist with an existing mortgage? The person comes to you but wants to refinance. Can you guys assist them with assist them with a current mortgage? They want to go back and refinance on that property. Can your companies account happen, happen to help them with that? Excuse you me. know, uh, the most the equity is there. You know, you cannot refinance with zero equity because a bank is not going to take a hundred percent lien position on anything, right? So the most important thing is making sure that the loan to value exists. And as long as the loan to value is there, that's the starting point. They still have to qualify for credit and income. But when those two factors or all three of those factors, I'm sorry, are in play, then a refinance can definitely happen on a pre-existing loan. Yes, I agree with Tariq. Um, yeah, uh, that's the case. In, in my case, it has to be non-owner occupied. And if uh, someone, non-owner non occupied, and if someone, uh, an investor has that kind of property, it has to have enough equity, um, typically more equity than an owner occupied property to offset um, the, the, uh, the expenses that come with that. Because every refinance come with some level of expense, closing costs, 
that will have to be factored in and re- and um, to, to figure out if it's a good um, deal opportunity or not. So, yes. LaShawn? And so, yes, and we do uh, refinance existing mortgages. Uh, we also refinance existing SBA mortgages. Really? A lot of the SBA mortgages are 504, 7A. They are in variable rates. And so you're finding those rates at uh, 7 and 10%. Yeah. So it's a great opportunity now to refinance and lock into a fixed rate uh, for SBA as well as conventional. Now, speaking about the SBA loans, uh, Deshaun, did, it, did this occur after, uh, after the COVID situation where a lot of businesses were struggling? Or you guys always had that program in place with assistant SBAs to go back to refinance? So SBA has always been available. Mm-hmm. The 504 program sort of, I think, really took off during COVID because the rates were so low. Okay. And then also the 7A also took off. But now the interest rates are impacting those loans. And so clients are having to either refinance or hold them. The SBA has a 10-year hold or is it a prepayment penalty. Mm-hmm. And the 7A has a three-year hold or there's a prepayment penalty. So a lot of the 7As are now starting to be refinanced because the rates are variable and people want the lock, you want to lock in at a fixed rate. Good information, LaShawn. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing, guys. If anyone wants to follow you all, LaShawn, I want you to start with yourself. Where can they follow you? Are you, at, you have any socials or where can they follow you at Citibank? You get in contact with you. So you, uh, so I am on LinkedIn. You can check me there, LaShawn E. Tally. Mm-hmm. Um, for Citibank, uh, it is LaShawn dot e dot tally at city c-i-t-i dot com for an email my phone number and you can also text me at 917-239-4139 and please right now don't forget to ask about our commercial mortgage promotion that is going on the first year the rate is 2.99 right now among some other things and that promotion will be going on until june the end of june 30th of 2023 um, so my company is Premier Lending Solutions, and we're based in Brooklyn. And uh, I, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Simply type in the word Dwight Makowski. That's M-C-C-A-U-L-S-K-Y, um, last name. And you'll find that big smile. <laughs> and then um, I'm also on the other social media. If you search uh, Premier Lending Solutions, You'll find me there or www.premierlendings with an S dot com or 917-764-4207. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. And uh, uh, we have a brand new social media. It's Team Bailey underscore Mortgage Depot. So it's Team Bailey underscore Mortgage Depot. That's our Instagram account. And to reach me directly, you can contact me anytime at 845-705-5587. And, uh, you know, that's Mortgage Depot Branch Manager Tariq Bailey. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. I super appreciate it. And also, they'll be able to find all your all's information and YouTube, our YouTube channel, and commercial interesting YouTube channel. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for you. having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you Thank for having you so us. Much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about our guests, don't forget to check out Emerging Notary Agency YouTube channel description box. And also, don't forget to share this podcast.